Hello and welcome to The Urbanist, Monocle's programme all about the built environment and how to make our cities better places to live in. I'm your host, Andrew Tuck. This week, we're bringing you a special edition of the programme from our pop-up studio in Milan as we roam the exhibition halls of one of the biggest events on the design calendar, we uncovered some promising plans and inspiring ideas for our cities too. Saloni del Mobile may nominally be a furniture fair, but there is plenty to be uncovered here that goes beyond perfectly formed chairs and attractive lamps. This meeting of minds from the design world also shows off some of the projects helping to shape our urban environments for the better and solving some of the pressing problems of our times. So stick with us. That's all coming up over the next 30 minutes right here on The Urbanist with me, Andrew Tuck. Drop City is a new centre for architecture and design that's being developed along Via Samatini in Milan. The project is the brainchild of architect Andrea Caputo and consists of more than 10,000 square metres of tunnels, housing galleries, production spaces and workshops too. In anticipation of the opening next year, the space has been hosting some exhibitions and installations and conferences throughout this week. And earlier in the month, before all the crowds started flooding through, Monocle's man in Milan, Ed Stocker, caught up with Andrea to find out more. The idea of having a centre for design architecture came first. There's a strong need in Milano. No, there's a huge community of architects and designers. And uh, besides institutions, there's no uh, spot where everybody can exchange experiences, thoughts, professional developments. Uh, and so I was looking for an area which may support uh, especially the startups, you know, the new generation. And this is a real struggle because the city is really less accessible today. So, well, after that uh, considerations, I managed to open a dialogue with a railway company. Magazzini Raccordati is actually this area, but it's way bigger than Drop City. It's 40,000 square meters. And this is just ideal for what we want to do because it's actually a hangar typology, but sort of embedded into the city core and is really unique and and there's also this uh, weird amnesia from the city you no know? they forgot about this area so and it's so close to Porta Nuova it's just 5 minutes yeah it's near Isla it's near Porta Nuova it's very near obviously uh, central station and you know part of that area around there is already being developed around the square or will be maybe just tell listeners a little bit more about where we're standing because you alluded to the space but it is Huge. Tell us what we're looking at and the site that you have here. Magazzini Raccordati is literally the docks of Milan. It used to be the docks of Milan at least uh, 100 years ago. Actually, they were built before the central station. So all the goods were coming by train and then were distributed through these uh, tunnels, which were warehouses. And then uh, after decades, it became the fish market. And then uh, again, it got transformed and become just an empty slot. And the space got really problematic because it's developing a sort of long facade along like 1.5 kilometers. But if you don't use it, it's a blind facade. And so at the end, you really switch off the city program. So it's a huge potential because as soon as you activate this kind of uh, heritage, it becomes like Zurich, it becomes like Rotterdam, it becomes like London 
this is really what the city can aim for, like an activ a strong activation no? in this way. And, well, of course, uh, you need to have a strong program because you cannot just transform this in a mall. So you need something very vertical, very specific. Uh, and then when the railway company and municipality listen about this kind of uh, specific center for architects and designers, they really click. They really understood that it was the case to develop something proper. Let's talk about specifically Drop City annual programming. I know you're due to fully open in 2024, but you've got a packed schedule for Design Week for Salone de Mobile. Maybe you can just talk us through what's happening. Salone this year is going to be an anticipation about the cultural program that Drop City is going to have next year. We are activating roughly 5,000 square meters where we host uh, international architects uh, and designers, not brands, I would say, not commercial uh, projects, uh, not product, more process. And this is, I think, very interesting because normally during the fair, the risk of being very commercial is really tangible. But here we try to involve uh, the youngsters and the, let's say startups or people which is really trying to push their research and we give space basically for their initiatives. At the same time, we also develop content which are more coming from Drop City. So for instance, uh, we are going to have a very strong lecture at 1 p.m., at 7 p.m. every day. And there's a very unpublished uh, idea of associating international architects with young Italian ones in the same lecture. So basically, they do a panel together. So we combine Christian Keretz, which is a very renowned name, with a Fundamenta, which is a very coming-up studio from Milan. And this, I guess, is going to be seen as a sort of platform where you launch talents, but at the same time, you also combine talents with people which is more established. And I think it's going to be interesting in terms of... Uh, content because it's going to have a new format so rather than like you say product and the commercial side it's more about a platform for ideas the thinking around design and architecture yeah sometimes uh, you just need to spark the an intuition and then uh, even without a lot of resources economical resources you can set up uh, an idea and then someone comes and then can make it more institutional. This is the case of one of the exhibitions we host, uh, curated by Anina Koivu, which uh, is titled Preppers, and it's an idea Anina had. And then uh, Mudak uh, from Lausanne uh, saw it, and then it became a, it's going to be one of the major exhibitions during 2024. So in a way, Drop City is, let's say, the cradle where this kind of ideas comes up, and then someone else which is more institutional and more grounded that can develop further in a second step. The full opening is 2024. We're looking at 15 arches here, massive project. Obviously, the programming doing Salone is sort of teeing up what's to come, but talking about the future, talking about when you open, talking about looking further into the future, what do you hope Drop City, this space, achieves? What will it offer or give to Milan that currently isn't here? And what ideas do you hope will come out of it? I hope it's going to start a new idea of continuity, daily continuity in terms of 
research analysis and uh, speculation on the city, on the architecture field, uh, and of course on the design field, also grounded uh, in the manual process of building things, mock-ups, prototypes, pieces of architecture or products, because we also have uh, roughly 3,000 square meters of labs, workshops, uh, advanced prototyping labs and machinery, something which is less probable to access if you're talking about robotics or this kind of tools, but it's not really related to the weak program Milano has. I mean, of course, we want to also be part of it, but um, it's more building up a daily ecosystem of, let's say, 500 plus people working and studying and developing ideas uh, in this part. So if you combine these numbers, if you combine these people with the amount of square meters we have, you can literally imagine that it's a, a production area. And so I, then it becomes a district, but then to me district is really that today. It's not. I've seen districts around the, in Europe and US and it's pretty much a marketing. So you don't want to be a district? No, it's a city. It's Drop City. <laughs> Architect and Drop City founder Andrea Caputo there, speaking with our very own Ed Stocker. Francesco Pace is the founder of Tellerico, a multidisciplinary design studio based in the Netherlands. The studio curated the exhibition Take Care at this year's Salone del Mobile, which highlighted individual and collective wellness, raising awareness and bringing up crucial questions about our environments and their effect on us. I spoke with Francesco a little earlier. I am a designer. I design mainly installations set up for museum and gallery or show, as in this case. And I also design collectible objects. Basically, I do design limited edition design. And my work is really, really uh, focused on production process so I don't really start uh, a self-initiated project or even a commission by say I want to make a chair or I like the shape or I'm more investigate which is the context I'm working with which is the client which is the commission for who is this object or this installation I'm doing and then I go into research and production and which is the best way of producing it and how I can sort of push one part of the production rather than the other one, use less material. That's basically maybe my day job. Your exhibition here in Milan is called Take Care. Now those words in English, they can mean lots of different things. They can mean be warned. They can be a more gentle idea of please take care of yourself. What does take care mean in, in this context for you? We actually choose this title really because of the wideness of the meaning of it. And at the same time, it's like a contradiction or a contraposition, as you were saying, no? Because it can be take care like in a negative way, but also in a positive way. And we wanted to sort of like keep this open because all the message is actually in the title. In the specific, we could say that the show has like three areas of investigation. Take care of your body, take care of your mind, and take care of your environment. Because within, from my point of view and within the team, we thought that it is important to sort of take care of yourself first. 
for then relate to people in a better way and for then relate to the environment in an even better way. The idea of the show is basically that in the last two, three years, we have experienced like a big changement. And a lot of issues that are there like since decades, they just pop up altogether. Climate change, it's one of that. But that is almost obvious, like, you know, the recycling of plastic, the use of plastic we do, the climate change, as I was saying. There are almost obvious things. But for instance, one thing that really brought up during the pandemic, it was the fact that we start to value time rather than money. And that's a little bit our starting point, because like some of the project I actually selected for the show, it was really some object that in a way, it's focused on recenter you as a person and so your mind and create some time for yourself. And there is a sort of path in the exhibition where you start from this recenter of yourself and you arrive to deal with bigger issues like the production of a bioplastic and the production of food and the scarcity of food that now we are dealing with. So all the project has been sort of selected and picked for give alternative solution to some of the issue we are experiencing now and maybe also, you know, we are not going to save the planet in one exhibition at Salone del Mobile, but we can raise a question mark in the mind of the people and awareness in them. You know, to come to any exhibition installation, you need a physical representation of the ideas, and that's quite a big set of ideas to try and bring to life in physical form. What kinds of things can people expect to see if they come to see the exhibition? First things first, as I was saying, we create this path and uh, all installation that I design has been created by trying to create a sort of conversation between the inside and outside of the building. The building is located in Isola Design District, in the center of the, of the city of Milan, uh, one of the most gentrified neighborhoods in, in Milano, but it has a huge park around. So we basically brought inside the setup a forest. So we create this conversation between in and out of the building. Uh, there are these three big islands. Each of these three big islands has plants that are picked uh, directly from the garden outside. And we also, as I was saying before, we thought about the process of how we make the actual installation. All the plants and the green area, they're going to be replanted after the installation. And the structure underneath are just like a bag of soil that the gardener will just pick it up and bring it back to his shop. There is another project that uh, is from Bionic Craft and they are like a design studio from Taiwan, but they are educated in London and RCA. And they just started from the analysis of all the food waste we produce in our house. And from the time you trash your trash bag to goes into the landfill to actually have compost, you need around 14 months to actually have real compost to reuse it. They started this one as a starting point for them to say, okay, how I can cut the timing and uh, how I can just create my own compost in my own house. And they design an object that actually bring down the time of the production of compost in only four months from 14. Another project is a project from Marco Federico Cagnoni. And he did this project where basically he produced bioplastic from the roots of some salad. So it's not only create the system for growing this salad, which is grown in uh, aeroponic environment, but he also like create the system to then cut the roots, process it, vulcanize it, and then make a bioplastic from it. 
and I don't know, for instance, this project is also exhibited at Vitro Design Museum in Germany. So I try to bring together like new designer, just graduated designer, and somebody that I would not say is like really affirmed, but is somebody that is going there. Can I ask you a bigger question? You, you went to the academy in Eindhoven, and I think that Eindhoven has been very good at asking designers to think before they design, to go through the process. Do we need this product? Why do we need it? What's its purpose? What's its meaning? What's its value? What do you see as the job of a designer now? Because what you're describing is curatorial. It's almost like sociology, thinking about how we live. What is the job of the designer? Because you clearly, as you said, don't think it's just a job about designing a new chair. I think designer and design is like really a tool to tell a story to somebody. And I feel that before, like 50 years ago, it could be a story about beauty, story about craft. Now it's more about story about like what is really happening around us on a social level. So try at the same time to raise awareness for the people around, but also to uh, give alternative solutions, as I was saying try to sensibilize people uh, regarding a certain issue because like we always see you know the public at something that is there and they need to be fitted with something instead I do believe that like people can be also sort of educated or like sensibilized to make the right choice if there is a right choice in this moment so I do believe that we need to have more designer in power spot or power place so get design not only for designer but also have designer in uh, I don't know in politics or in uh, banking or in uh, finance you know sort of like think a little bit different make different connection in this moment that's what we need my thanks there to Francesca Pace founder of Tellerico Mini Moll is the CEO of the Design Council a UK-based organisation whose goal is to champion great design that improves lives and makes things better. Mini chaired a panel discussion in Milan this week which aimed to take a stand on sustainable design. Monocle's Grace Charlton caught up with Mini before the panel to find out more about what good design can do for our cities. The Design Council is the UK National Strategic Advisor on Design. At the heart of that is about championing design, the importance of design, the fact that it shapes the world we live in. Every single thing around us, if it wasn't nature, was designed by someone well or not so well. So we're there to champion design, and that's everything from the economic value that it contributes you know, to the economy in the UK through to the environmental value, the social value. And we do it through convening, we do it through events, we do it through research, skills, tools. So there's a breadth of things that we do. Ultimately, they're all about championing the importance of design. So you're in Milan, specifically for a panel discussion. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about that and also what kind of topics you will be covering. Yeah, we have a fabulous lineup of people coming together. So we've got Ellen MacArthur Foundation, we have Arup, we're actually being hosted by Arup, we have Pangea, who are a materials organisation based in the UK, and we also have the Ecole Polytechnic Federale de Lausanne, who have a kind of a lab that they're working on there. So we've brought a panel together, and we're going to explore why there are lots of really good tools 
There's lots of great wisdom. Much of it is free and accessible. Why are we not accelerating fast enough? What are the blocks to designers designing for planet? So really, they're going to be talking about what's not been working well and what is working well. And it, we've got some great breadth of experience and perspective on the panel. So I'm sure there's going to be different challenges in different sectors, but there'll certainly be, I'm sure, some themes in terms of what some of the blocks are. So when we talk, there's a lot of talk about cities reaching <laughs> net zero targets. How would you say are they doing so far? How much more work is there to do? And who do you think the world leaders are? So we are making some good headway. Something I was really heartened by recently is the EU actually making a pledge to be trying to hit net zero by 2030, not 2050. You know, that's really good news. I think in Europe, we've got some real leaders. We've got Copenhagen, Stockholm, Berlin. We've got a lot across Europe, including Madrid. And then you've got your Sao Paulo's and real inspiration. So there are some leaders that are doing some incredibly interesting things. When you do look at some of the ones I've mentioned, they're doing different things. I believe it's Madrid who have taken a really, really stringent view on cars in the centre of town, you know, kind of like absolutely banning diesel from the centre of town. Different people doing slightly different things, but some bold things. So if we keep really working closely and sharing, then I'd say there is some very good stuff going on and there are some leaders. However there is still much to do. So there are all these tools available, as you mentioned. Why do you think maybe cities are still lagging behind when it comes to conscious design? I think we have to be realistic that there are some real complexities for some cities. You know, if you're a port, you've got a whole load of other things to deal with. If you're a very in a city that's been based on industry, again, much harder. Also, some of the new towns and cities were very much designed around the car and they don't have the same kind of transport infrastructure. I should say at that point, you know, at the Design Council, we talk a lot about placemaking because transport and buildings and, and green infrastructure are so integrated. They're so, so integrated. So I think transport is a huge, huge part of it. I think that ultimately one of the biggest issues is leadership and where we are seeing pockets of very inspiring things, it's very often because of leadership. That mayor that leader, that local council, that local authority. So an enormous amount depends on the local government and local leadership about how dynamic and bold they are with the moves. So are you hopeful for the future despite all these issues? Do you think we will reach the ambitious goals like the 2031 you mentioned? I am always hopeful. You know, we have to be. And I think the thing about design and designers... It's one of their super talents, their super skills, to be able to vision a better future. So if designers keep sharing the inspiration of the things that are possible and what we can do, I really do believe design can be a critical part of us achieving net zero. Design Council CEO Minnie Mulder in conversation with Grace Charlton. And my thanks to them both. Dario Passi is a senior product and interior designer for Giacomo Moore's studio. The studio worked in collaboration with the NGO Live in Slums to produce the exhibition Design for Communities. 
Dario, who has been following the project since its inception, joined me earlier to explain a little bit more about the collaboration. Everything started thanks to the connection between Giacomo Moore and Aurelie Callegari, who is the studio manager, with Silvio Razzi, who is the president of the NGO Live Islam. Uh, Live Islam is carrying out like a lot of projects all over the world, in a lot of uh, Islam in the world. So it was a network connection. We have been in contact for, for years, and now everything started like in a natural way. So we started in September 2022 with a meeting together with um, Elena Corestani, who is the, the founder of ASAP One, and all the team that is part of the, of the project. And in a month and a half, we have to design uh, these pieces and before the, the trip of Giacomo uh, there in, uh, in Nairobi. So you started the design process here in Milan, in your studio. But what's the ambition here? The ambition is to help the children. Exactly. The task was really clear. Silvio Razzi said us, we need benches, we need tables, we need bunk beds for the school in Matar. The Why Not Academy is called. And so we have to start from a, a specific task. It was the need. Here in Milan and in our market is a little bit strange. We are normally used to other kind of purposes, you know, like you have to, to feel and to respect the dynamics of our market. Here is the need. And so it was amazing and really, really stimulating. The other point was that we have to design not for them, but with them. So the production has to be really simple and the final result has to be a sort of compromise between the aesthetic and the, the functionality and uh, has to be as simple as possible. The exhibition is called Design for Communities. Tell us how it began. So you, you now know that you want to help these children make the furniture for themselves for the school. So did you make prototypes first here in Milan so you could understand how it could be taken down to the most simple elements? We started from three prototypes, one for the table, one for the bench, one for the bunk bed. And we started, for example, with a smaller section of all the components, all the supports. And then we have to increase it because it has to be simple also to be built there. So they have to cut bigger pieces, bigger supports. So when we define everything and we understand that everything works good here in Milan, but with a perspective of being good also there, we define the final drawings and we started collaborating with a carpenter there in Nairobi uh, because we have really a few days, like four or five days there for the workshop. And so we decided to talk with the captain there, define preliminary drawings. And when Giacomo went there in the beginning of November, he has to work with the guys and with the students of the school, starting from raw pieces and making all the cuts on place. So it was amazing to understand how what we define here in, uh, in Milan was good for them, but also how many things we have to change uh, uh, during the, the process. And I understand the other benefit of this project is that the kids in Nairobi, they get paid for their work so they can earn some money. Now, just tell me, it's interesting, though, teaching kids about carpentry and about design. If we take it away a little bit from the, the conversation about Kenya and Nairobi, I think everywhere we need to have this conversation about how to get children involved in making and the joy of using your hands. Is that something that you think about in a design world too? We have to think about that. And in our market it's difficult to conceive this kind of fundamental aspect, the need and the 
returning to the origin, so to something that is really functional and to talk with the people, to realize and work with them, working with your hands. I think that uh, Live Islam is carrying out a lot of interesting and amazing projects all over the world. And this model of Giacomo Moura, it's important that spread and can be applied in other contexts. So when Giacomo Moura came back from the, the trip, he said to me, uh, yeah, it was really difficult, it was difficult to talk with the people, it's difficult to manage uh, the timing, uh, uh, the weather is so hot, but it was a, a unique experience and this is why it's important to be spread and applied in other contexts, I think. Just tell us, finally, perhaps, as people leave the exhibition, what do you hope they go away thinking? I think that they have to go there thinking about the whole idea because sometimes when you go <laughs> to an exhibition in Salone del Mobile or Fuori Salone, you go there and you, you see one chair, another chair, another table. You go there and you have to understand that we are, and we are here to explain. There are some people that are explaining always the project. That is a whole idea, so the idea that the object was designed with the people there's a project around the simple furniture that is the photography project. You go there and you see some stands with the photography made by uh, some photographers of Perimetro because they are carrying out another workshop uh, about photography. So they went there for three weeks and they, in a workshop they teach the students and, and guys how to use the new media to tell a story. So all the story has to be delivered to the people in order that when they go out they say, oh, that's uh, a project that is important for the people there. My thanks there to senior product and interior designer Dario Passi. And that's all for this week's episode of The Urbanist. For more from the world of urbanism, sign up to the podcast to get new episodes every week. And why not subscribe to Monocle magazine too? And you can do that at monocle.com. Today's show was produced by Carlos Rebello and David Stevens. And David also edited the show. And to play you out this week, here's Milan's Miss Cater with Le Ragazze di Porta Venezia. Thank you for listening, city lovers. Siamo le ragazze di Porta Venezia, guidate dalla brama, mosse dall'inerzia, panta della tuta, più o meno a vita alta, occhi a cuoricino, pronte per la svolta. Siamo